IABC Ottawa presents a media-style production. The Voice takes listeners inside all corners of the communications, marketing and creative sectors. It's real-life stories from the ground shakers of Marcom. What can we do to help you take your career to the next level? I'm Graham McCatchick, and this is The Voice. I'm Richard Steenan. I'm a security industry analyst. I'm also the author and publisher of Up and to the Right, Strategy and Tactics of Analyst Influence. I get passionate when I see something that is wrong in the world and I've got to correct it. And, you know, in a small focus area like internet security, it, that is about the technologies and tools people are using. Nowadays, just about every technology company that's looking to influence analysts, they have to start demonstrating that they have vision, they're looking ahead. MediaStyle is a progressive, digital-first public affairs agency. Our team are experts at crafting strategy, creating content, and building communities of action, and measuring the results. We're passionate about what we do. We're innovators in social media and interactive design, and we're helping shape the new Canadian media landscape. So come visit our studio in downtown Ottawa. We'll put the coffee on and chat about how we can help you tell your story. Welcome to another intriguing edition of The Voice. I'm your host, Graham McCatchick. Hey, you might remember my interview with CBC's Under the Influence host, Terry O'Reilly, in episode 41, where we talked about the importance and impact of influence. Today, we're talking about and taking the topic one step further and into a specific direction as we discuss how to influence influencers and specifically technology industry analysts. Joining me is former VP of research at Gartner, IT security expert, and author of Up and to the Right, Richard Steenan. Richard was also named one of the 50 most powerful people in networking by Network World magazine. Richard, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Graham. Excellent. Look, um, very interesting bio, and uh, I felt like a good place to start for, for today would be just to tell listeners about the premise of your book, Up and to the Right. It's just a fact of life in the technology space today that you have to deal with uh, the analyst firms, and in particular Gartner, who's done a great job of uh, growing their size and their own influence over uh, over the space. Putting aside the daily criticism uh, from disgruntled vendors that uh, working with analyst firms is a pay-to-play scenario, um, you know, I, I took the stance uh, for the book that, hey, it's not pay to play, it's pay for access. And if you have that access, then uh, you've got opportunities to influence. So you have to be face to face with somebody uh, often and have many touch points if you want to influence them. So I started thinking about how that works. And of course, it had to encompass a lot more than just one on one influence with the analyst, but looking at all the factors that uh, influence an analyst's perspective of a particular technology segment. You know, how can you pull all that together into a coherent strategy and then build a plan around it? Okay, yeah, and, and Richard, uh, you've done a great job of uh, sort of showing in, in the book uh, the influence pyramid and, and how that works at, at various levels to influence uh, analysts uh, is, is great. What's the magic quadrant in a nutshell? Yeah, magic quadrant was a brilliant, brilliant uh, discovery or invention. Uh, and there's even lore about how it was discovered. Um, I've, I've talked with uh, Gideon Gartner, the founder of Gartner, and he remembers uh, going up to a whiteboard and or a 
pad of paper and, and scratching out a, a square with two axes. And he says, can't we put the, all the vendors on this one square with two axes? And that eventually evolved into a product for Gartner, which is the Magic Quadrant Report. Um, and it's uh, the one axis is the completeness of vision. And I always point out to vendors, that's the analyst's vision, not your own vision. Uh, so how closely do you match where the analyst thinks the industry is going? And that's the horizontal axis. And the vertical axis is ability to execute. So those are the more common business measures. Uh, how many employees do you have? Are you, do you have global reach? Uh, what are your revenues? Uh, how fast are you growing? Uh, what are your channel partners? And with those two axes, you end up with four quadrants. Um, and the, the upper right is where everybody wants to be because those are the leaders. The lower left is the niche vendors that uh, might have great products but might only serve a particular vertical like healthcare or they might uh, only serve a particular region like Europe. Uh, and then the challengers are those that have great ability to execute but aren't considered visionaries. They're the upper left. And then the visionaries are the ones that are probably younger startups that are driving the market, and they're in the lower right. Okay, great. Let's let's talk about the importance of targeting the right analysts. You know why why it's important, and and maybe what tips you can offer to ensure companies do this effectively. If you if you only have limited resources or a set amount of resources, you better be targeting the right people. Yes. Yeah, and the luckily, you know, it's pretty easy to identify the analyst that's the primary author of your magic quadrant because uh, their names are right on the on the publications. Sometimes there's several, and beyond that, you have to understand the interaction between the primary analyst and the rest of the team that he works within because they all have input uh, and are extremely influential uh, on uh, that analyst's perception. Um, so it can be fairly straightforward, and you don't even have to have a you know any sort of financial relationship with Gartner uh, to be included on the Magic Quadrant, and you you go through the same process as uh, even their paying clients, um, where you can hold briefings. Uh, Gartner doesn't charge for a briefing a event uh, analysts on the products that you've got, and uh, then you answer this questionnaire, which is the a big hairy. Uh, a spreadsheet that they send you before they publish the Magic Quadrant. What about generally speaking beyond Gartner? There might be other buy side or sell side analysts people are interested in approaching. Social media really helps uh, accomplish that. So if you get a lot of talk on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn uh, about your products and your company and something that's exposed to the influencers, the analysts, the Wall Street analysts, uh, the journalists, the bloggers, um, then you can start to have some control over that uh, influence that you're trying to have, ultimately, at the tip of the pyramid, the mm -hmm. Gartner analyst. Yeah, and, and you're sort of, sort of thinking to yourself, hey, if I'm starting from scratch, if I need to target the right analyst or analysts or team of analysts, aside from just combing through various websites, am I looking for like who's getting quoted in the media, in my space, or what are other things you can do? What I have people do is kind of keep their Google News alerts alive, keep track of the analysts that are the most quoted because they're the most uh, influential. And you can also check the analyst's uh, clout score or uh, tweetgrader.com score uh, to see how influential they are, uh, at least on social media. And then same with uh, with bloggers. If they're talking a lot about you know the problems that your technology addresses, or if they're talking you know acting as you know many independent analysts themselves and doing product reviews, those are the people you want to reach out to and influence. Okay. 
I think it would be really valuable for listeners to hear a story of a management team who really embodied this whole of company approach and really successfully moved their company up into the right or even close to that. Do you have any story you can share? If you if you can't name a name or brand name, that's fine. But just generally, what happened and how did they do it? Yeah, there's one in particular. Yeah, I won't name the name, but it is a uh, in the security space, uh, a network security company that pretty much came to market with a Me Too lookalike uh, product that did no more than uh, what the existing products on the market did. Um, but you know, Gartner had already predetermined that those uh, existing products, which were kind of all-in-one security devices, uh, were only for SMB, small to medium businesses, and a large enterprise would still buy best of breed. One vendor used that close connection between the founding, uh, the founder of the company and the analyst who's, you know, his vision for the nomenclature, what we're going to call the space, everything lined up exactly with the with the analysts and got them to change the name of the magic quadrant, um, put them in the leader's quadrant, and they went public very successfully, even though they're, you know, a tenth the size of any of the other uh, large vendors on the quadrant. So, really good. And, and in terms of like an outcome of that activity, did did you know if that impacted you know, uh, sales or revenue for them? And what did that look like? Yeah, it's, it's always hard to measure what that impact was. Uh, it certainly contributed to uh, the uh, valuation when they went public and the growth of their sales. They're growing at about 24% year over year. Um, if you're in the leader's quadrant, usually, you know, uh, it means everybody's making a purchase in that space has to at least look at you to eliminate you. Okay. Um, also, I just want to say, recognizing the the costs can be like you know upwards of thirty five k for a basic seat with many tech analyst firms like Gartner or Forrester. Like, what are the best tech analyst interactions for small budgets? Like, where essentially should you know startups and small to medium sized enterprises spend for the best ROI? So early on, though, the startups uh, can brief the analysts for free. So. Uh, for sure, as soon as you're ready to, you know, explain your corporate vision and demo your product, uh, send an email to briefings at gartner.com, and in the email you can say which analyst you think you should be talking with, and they'll get you on their calendar. And then the key is if you ever sell your product to a Gartner client, so it's going to be, you know, one of the eleven thousand largest companies in the world who are all Gartner clients. Um, if you ever sell a product to them. Make sure that uh, they let the Gartner analysts know that you know they're first in the process of evaluating and then ultimately decided to pick you. Thanks, Richard. Look, I hope this cast has proved valuable for those on a quest to land their tech companies up and to the right. Richard, how can people reach you if they have any questions? Yeah, uh, lots of ways. My email is richard at it-harvest.com. Um, I'm building a website called Analyst Influence, uh, and of course you can grab the book off of Amazon. I'm going to turn my uh, Quadrant Coaching Seminar into a series on uh, Udemy, uh, which you'll be able to subscribe to and walk through the exact same thing I, I do live when I go into a large organization. Okay, good. Hey, and listeners, feel free to connect with me, Graham McCatchick, on LinkedIn. And thanks, everyone. Have a great week. 